0: Imagine being present, calm and connected while creating a family environment where everyone can thrive.
1: Welcome to the I am mom parenting podcast, providing inspiration and actionable steps to manifest the meaningful and magical life you desire for you and your family. We are your hosts, Dimple Arora, founder of Mindful Evolution, and Shaitha Patel, founder of Thrive Kids. Thank you for sharing the I Am Mom journey with us. Let's get started.
0: Hello, and welcome back to our series on food allergies. Last week, we gave a brief introduction to food allergies and intolerances. Today, we're going to get into it a lot deeper. Not only are we going to discuss common allergies such as dairy nuts or gluten, but also less common allergies, some that will shock you. Our guest today is known as the Allergy Chef. Together, we will explore her different allergies and hear how she navigates the world
1: with conviction, inspiration, and courage. Catalina has a remarkable story to share with all of us today. And she has over 200 food allergies and intolerances, and she cannot drink most water. Not only does she have these allergy challenges, but the members of her household also have food allergies and special diets. None of them are the same. And so she has to cook different meals and also provide so much information to the food allergy community to help them navigate food allergies. After being told she has 30 days to live, she made it her mission to help the food allergy and special diet communities thrive and in 5 years she's published several cookbooks she started a bakery she's done local and national national wide outreach developing hundreds of free recipes and resources and so much more her website allergychef.com has so many resources allows you to search recipes by over 70 different filters based on allergies so Welcome, Catalina. We are so excited to have you here. I know there's so much to talk about and how about we start with what got you into this journey and a little bit about your story. All and right. Thank you so, for joining us.
2: Yeah, it's a pleasure to be here. And um, for those, of us, it's theallergychef.com. We have to have the word that on the front, but yes, um, I would say probably our second child. So, okay. Well, I I mean, technically I've been sick my whole life, right? But in terms of awareness, what made me see the connections of, you know, food and people would definitely be our second kid. He was born allergic to dairy and um, that was pretty obvious when he was young. Um, And from there, it just kind of kept going, right? It was something with each of the kids. You know, one of the things I, I tell people is there was a year, I actually tracked it between the four of them they went to more than 300 doctor's appointments in one year. And um, I was really fed up. I had been doing research. A lot of things kind of all happened at the same time. Mm -hmm. And so made a lot of changes. The following year combined, it was less than 10. So it was a huge difference. That's why anytime I hear people say like, oh, food is not a big deal. Or, you know, I've actually seen doctors say food has no impact on ADHD. I'm like, well, then- clearly we're on two different pages. Like either you're talking about true ADHD, right? Or I'm talking about the fact that we hyperdiagnose these kids and we don't even stop to look at what are they eating? How are they sleeping? What's in the environment? Like we're not even looking at, do they actually go outside and play like a normal child and get exercise, right? Like there are so many underlying issues that food and lifestyle can absolutely address. Um, whether it be allergy, which is non-traditional or intolerance, like in my case, You know, when you don't go into anaphylaxis with everything that you eat, people don't necessarily assume food allergy, right? Mm. And I think that that's something, if there's nothing else that I want to see changed in the medical world, that's probably what I want to see changed, right? I want doctors to start thinking more like, oh, every night at six o'clock, your child throws a tantrum on the dot, six o'clock, and you eat dinner every night at 530, and you serve similar foods every night. And at 30 minutes later, your kid flips out. I wonder if it's the food. Not, hmm, let's get your kid in for this pill. Let's get your kid in for this therapy. Let's let's just start with the fact that they ate food 30 minutes ago, right? You know, exactly. like if we can't start seeing these connections, I think we're doing ourselves just a massive disservice.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Completely, completely agree with you. I am really uh, just so shocked to hear, it's still in my head, the 300 appointments in one year to less than 10. Yeah. When you found out that there was more going on. Yeah. And so what led to that? What led to the less than 10 appointments? Um. Uh, of- so the biggest, the, the main thing I did is
2: I changed everybody's diet. I swapped all their diets, like basically overnight. Um. And it started with kids. Well, it started previous to that in that um, when I was younger, I'd gotten really sick from drinking like those foo-foo alcohol drinks, like not hard of liquor or anything like that, right? Mm-hmm. But um, I woke up in the middle of the night like literally vomiting sugar. So I knew sugar could be a problem for a person, right? And um, And I wasn't drunk. It was just the sugar, like legit sugar issue. So years later with kid three, when he got into trouble and um, Carlton took away all of his uh, sugar for a month. And the kids thought that was like a death sentence, right? Like, Because they were getting dessert uh, just for trying a vegetable, right? Like we were doing all these fun things and you know that was the worst thing that could ever happen to you. And so after 30 days, well, after two weeks, we had a different child, right? Yes. When he finally got his dessert back on day 30, he literally took one or two bites of food, walked over to the couch, threw himself against the wall, landed on the couch, got back up, and did it again multiple times. So when I say he was bouncing off the wall, we actually mean it. People think we were joking. Like, no, no. He literally could not handle that stimulus. Mm
1: -hmm. And that's
2: when we said, oh my goodness, this is what's wrong with him. Mind you, he was violent. He was, and he's like five years old and another kid, their parents wanted a restraining order on a five-year-old. Okay. He was trouble. He was a problem child. Okay. Now, on top of that, though, there was a lot going on with the other two boys. And, um, you know, I i don't want to say, like, okay, maybe I am kind of prideful about it. I love documentaries. I love learning, right? Yeah. So mind you, I was learning a lot about a lot of things all at once. And so it was all kind of just coming together. It was like the perfect storm of information, really. And um, overnight, almost, it was like I got rid of everybody's sugar and we realized that He did better on organic, no process, no colors, et cetera. Because I was like, you know what? If he's got a problem with sugar, based on what I already know about all these other things, let's just assume the same is true of X, Y, Z. Let's just, if we're going to do it, let's do it right. Let's really make the switch, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And so we did. And we saw differences overnight in all of the kids. Um, That's right around the same time when kid three got his wheat allergy diagnosis. And that came because I... I've always been like obese, right? I'm not anymore, but I used to, like, I, I was always the fattest kid you'd ever meet. And I didn't eat a ton of food. And it was the same problem with him. And I'm looking at this kid going, he's not eating enough food to weigh this much. Like, it's just not possible. And he happened to have a great pediatrician. I hate that she retired because the new lady who took over, I was like, Psh, never mind. We'll, <laughs> we're just going to stop going at this point. Cause you're not really that helpful. But um, the prior one was excellent. And she was like, Let's figure this out. Yeah, because you're right. If he's not eating that much, he really shouldn't be that heavy at this point. And based on how much exercise he was getting, you know, we had the kids in gymnastics. We were doing all these things. And um, the last thing she said, we did multiple things. She finally said, you know, since we already know he's allergic to milk, let's just do another food allergy test. Like Mm -hmm. something else could have happened, right? Well, first and foremost, how many GPs make that assumption? You guys, Mm -hmm. not many. So he really lucked out in that case. Um, and then turns out he was actually allergic to more stuff. And then we were like, Oh, took him off the stuff. And suddenly he wasn't overweight anymore. Right. It just sort of evened out. And so it's like all at once, you know, so much happened and, um, just boom, 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 boom. I, I guess I really threw myself at the problem and I, it made me realize as a person, like, this is what we're doing wrong in society. We are pushing people like, hey, go work three jobs. so You can buy this stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. And I, it's not that I've always, I've never really been stuff oriented, but I became very focused on this is what I need to deal with right now. It's not about working 60 hours a week. It's not about doing these other things. It's about, are they healthy? If not, I need to fix this. Right. And, um, that's what I did. And I think that number one is a society it's almost in every, at least Western country, we're almost told like, if you don't have initials after your name, you're not qualified to make these decisions, right? You're not qualified to read that paper. You're not qualified to understand this. You know, it's like, hold on, maybe we should be empowering people, right? We should be telling people, this is your body. I don't live with you 24 seven, right? I can't be inside of you. I don't know what it feels like when you eat broccoli or when you eat almonds. I can only go on what you're telling me. So maybe I should empower you to take notes, to make some conclusions, to learn how to really take care of yourself. like We've missed the mark by so far at this point that I'm like, oh my goodness. Like, I I can't even sometimes, it's crazy.
1: It's so true. And as parents, we have the power to empower our kids at such a young age. And so you said that you were sick your whole life and you never had any diagnosis, but you were always, eating foods that your body couldn't handle and that breaks down the foundation of the body so at that time when you started learning all this information for your kids how did the 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 gut health come into play there
2: um i learned about gut health probably when i started trying to figure stuff out with them it i mean do i want to say there was if i had to say the one catalyst moment it's going to be the sugar incident, right? Mm. That was the one moment to just grab the bull by the horns and say, it's not all these other things I've been reading about because mind you, I'd already been doing a lot of research, right? Mm. You know, have your kids do this, have your kids do that. Try this, try that. Like I was doing a lot of things already, but the sugar incident would be the catalyst moment where I connect food to people and, or at least with the kids, you know, I'd already connected with myself a little bit. But then, um, you know, it's exhausting, right? I'm runn- running to the ground because yeah, I still work and raising four kids in school and extracurricular, like it's a lot, right? Um, and I got to the point where if you were to just barely touch me, I was in excruciating pain. And um, I'd say the inability to go outside without having to take, you know, five different OTCs, maybe that was the catalyst for myself mm-hmm. in a sense. Um, you know, that's when that great chiropractor who's like, I have no idea what's wrong with you, but I really want to help you figure it out. He's probably the best person I've ever worked with, mainly because he wasn't full of himself, right? He says up front, I have no idea, but let's figure it out. And um, he also has like a degree in neurology. So it, it helped that, you know, he he knows a lot about East and West. And he was really great because he tapped into his network. Every time we would start to like get a lead or have a clue and be like, let me reach out to these 10 guys over here. I think they might know something or, you know, let me do this. Or, and um, And I think maybe that's really when the gut health element came in. So it wasn't just about what you were eliminating, but now what are you replacing it with, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, because I think at an inherent level, we all know produce is good for you, right? Mm-hmm. So of course the kids ate fruit and veg, but did they have fermented foods? Did they have the rainbow? Did they have all these things? Not yet. Right. Mm -hmm. It was a process at that point. It was just learning more and more and more and more and more. And, you know, looking back now in my old age wisdom, it's like, man, have we done our generation a disservice? Right. When we stopped teaching this in schools, that's when we you might as well just say, here's your sick pass. You know, here's Mm -hmm. your future prescription for a pill for every ill. Because when we when we take that education away, that empowerment away, you know, one in three has this. One in five has this. One in ten has this. One in twelve has you know one. In, and we're accepting this as normal now. Okay, yes. hold on, that's not normal. In fact, I bet you if the three of us went back to our grandparents and said, "What was wrong with your generation?" Well, we didn't have money, right? Um, <laughs> like, we look at the problems of of the previous generations. You know, they didn't have GMOs. They didn't have all this nonsense in the air and in the water and in the food. Like, they did not have the same problems that we have they didn't have one in 10 with an autoimmune disorder gee i wonder why right it's like we've we we take away the education and then it's almost like we're pointing the blame and shifting the blame on all this other stuff like oh it must be this other thing over here oh it must be this other thing over here it couldn't possibly be the giant food and agriculture industry that is pumping all these chemicals into your food like it's not that you guys don't look there it's not that <laughs> everything else. Right.
0: No, I love that. And I love how there was something you said about if um, my child isn't eating the most healthy things right now, what can I do to change it? Right. So it's not about like as parents taking on this blame, right. Or um, feeling like we're not doing good enough or, or giving the best at, this moment it's about noticing it now right and if these um in the school system if it's not being taught we have the capacity as parents to model it and to teach it to our kids now right and do that repair and start small just like you did you took away the sugar and noticed a huge impact but that came with awareness From you and then putting it through for your children. And I think that is just so, so important. I'm also really intrigued about your life story. So I'm like really eager to know, to know you, know your story, where you've come from. So
2: I'm just a regular person. (laughs) Guide us
0: through that. Guide us through that.
2: (laughs) Uh regular person. I don't know. I I I I struggle with talking about myself. I'm not going to lie. It's, uh, I I feel like just a regular person. Um, I I guess I recognize that I'm not your average person and that I don't like being told what to do. Um, Not in a bad way, but in a more like stand up and do something about it sort of way. Um, You know, when I was a child, I I demanded that the radio be turned off because I was like, I'm not going to be told what's popular and what to listen to. (laughs) That was what I thought as a little kid. Right. Um, So I, that attitude, right. Don't ever tell me I can't, you know, I was, I'm a very ambitious person. When I was younger, I was like, yeah, I want to finish high school in three years. I want to do these things. And I had a friend who was like, you're never going to do that. So just to shove it in his face, I graduated from college at 19. I was like, take that Jimmy. Right. (laughs) You know? Um, And and it's funny because people ask me sometimes like, you know, what, what drives you to make these recipes and do these things? I'm like, to shove it in people's faces. And they think I'm joking, right? <laughs> but no, it's like, if you're going to sit there and tell me, oh, you can't have dairy-free, egg-free, gluten-free cake that tastes good. I'm like, I'm going to shove it in your face with really good cake. Ha, I did. Not only that, I started a bakery, right? Like to me, I, I find real joy in creating things that shouldn't exist, right? Mm-hmm. I find joy in saying, no, no, no. I don't care what the diagnosis is, there's still a bunch of options. There's still a lot of safe and delicious foods. That's why it gets me when people, every so often someone will call the bakery and they're like, so my my kid's allergic to everything. And I'm like, hold on, are we talking everything like me or everything like four or five items? Because I have 200 food allergies and food intolerances. And they go, oh, oh no, he only has like four. And I'm like, okay, so what are those four, right? Like, you know, people, they, they really feel like it's the end of the world with, A black pepper allergy like i kid you not i've had people with a black pepper allergy tell me there's nothing to eat and i have to hold it in on the inside but inside i'm like screaming at this person i just want to shake you and i'm like listen pal let me just guide you over to the land of the plenty there's so much to eat right and and i guess that's my thing and not only that but i am excited to show people that you don't need a laundry list of ingredients you don't need a truck ton of chemicals. You absolutely do not need GMOs and weird junk in your food. You can have regular old ingredients. You can totally pronounce. It can still be delicious. And you can even freeze it for four months and have a freezer stock, right? Like <laughs> I, that's, that's what I'm all about. I am all about showing people there is a much better way to do things without necessarily losing your connection to food. Because I know that's a big thing, right? Like you find out you've got this diagnosis, obviously for people with black, about black pepper, it's different, but when you get like a gluten or a wheat allergy diagnosis, right? That's when people cry because they're like pancakes and pizza and cake and cookies and muffins and and phyllo. And they think about everything that they're about to lose. And Mm -hmm. for those people, I'm like, cool. So here's the thing. I want you to feel sorry for yourself. That's step one, because that's a real loss. You need to grieve that loss. But then step two, we're going to like, Feed your sweet tooth or feed your savory tooth, whether it's even as simple as a date or a handful of salt. you are going to make sure that your brain gets the message. There are still options. Now, step mm-hmm. three, you're going to pull yourself up by your bootstraps. You're going to start making these recipes. You're going to start filling your freezer because everybody says there's nothing convenient. Guys, you have to be your own convenience, right? Mm-hmm. Make your free- freezer food, fill your own freezer. And then when you need it, you just pull it out. Boom. That's fast food to me, right? So yeah, it's not exactly. A- Helping people understand, like, you don't have to lose your grandma's favorite cookies. They're going to taste a little bit different. They're going to feel a little bit different, but you're still connected to grandma. Like, we are still going to have that connection. It's just going to be a little bit different. You're going to manage your expectations. And guess what? I'm going to blow your mind. You want donuts? Great. I'll give you donuts. Mm -hmm. You can have donuts still. You can have refined sugar-free donuts made with less sugar, made with real ingredients, and you can eat three of them and not feel guilty or not feel like trash it's totally cool like that's the thing you know and and you had mentioned earlier you know about blame you know the funny thing is i'd never thought about that until you said it out loud throughout all of the figuring things out with the kids never once did i blame myself mm-hmm. the, the concept of blame never even entered the equation it was just always wow i've been sold this lie by society and grocery stores and now i'm mad about it and i'm going to fix it that was always the mentality right and i That's what I want to give to people. Like, don't blame yourself. Don't sit there and get all hung up on the guilt element. Let's just start fixing it because the sooner we deal with it, the better off everything's going to be
1: like, you can turn this ship around. You really can. Exactly. And mainstream media and agriculture has played such an important role in the way we think about this and our mindset about food. Right. And there's such a huge food mood connection every single morsel of food we eat, our body has to process, right? And I feel like sometimes parents are, even when they gain the awareness, sometimes they become resistant or fearful to make the changes because it's hard for them, right? To make the changes for their child, which means they also have to make the changes for themselves just to keep it consistent within the household and easier so that you're not making multiple meals. But I want all parents to realize when you eat whole foods just eat whole foods the body is going to fare much better right the 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 inflammation will reduce your child's eczema will um get better their stuffy noses will get better and so I always tell kids just tell parents just eat whole foods and start there right and so do you feel that you're making A lot of meals in a week, or how how do you how do you do this with all the multiple food allergies? And
2: we go through phases, right? When the kids were little, it was different. It was so different when they were little. Um, I was really big into batch cooking because that was the only way to really keep my sanity. Um, And so we didn't eat like a huge variety of foods when they were little because they had their favorites. So I would batch cook their favorites, and we'd pull it from the freezer, and they'd have it twice a week. Right. And, um, it, it just worked. And I started figuring out short, I'm really big into like meal planning. So I would start figuring out, you know, what's the greatest common denominator here. Cause this kid can't have this, this one can't do this, this one can't do that. And I was cooking for the greatest common denominator for a period of time. Um, and just, you know, I'd only make small swaps like gluten-free pasta and wheat pasta would be made, but everything else was the same, same veg, same topping, same, whatever. And that was really done for cost reasons too. Um, mm-hmm. cause we all know it's like, all you have to do is slap the word gluten-free on it. You could double the price. Right. Yeah, <laughs> And, um, that's a whole different story,
1: I, exactly. but, but just to clarify, I'm... sorry, just to clarify, you have, your kids are older. Now you have four of them. They're ages 17 to early twenties. Right. Correct. Okay. So you've been following this lifestyle now for how long with the kids. Mm,
2: we're going on 15 years of this. Mm. Okay. Wow. Of like healthy eating, like, uh, you know, so the one diagnosed, you know, as a baby, he's 20. So we've been aware of food allergies for 20 years. We've been a food allergy family that long in terms of health and wellness, that'd be more like 15 years that we're going on. And, um, you know, it's really interesting because I've learned the hard way too, that like, you know, you talk about that resistance element, you know, a lot of people like to say there's no addiction to sugar. I would say there's no addiction to organic sugar. I think there's an addiction to processed foods. Mm-hmm. And I think maybe that's the difference in the statement that we should be making. Because when you take someone from birth, basically, because they're getting it, you know, through mother's milk, they're getting it from day one,
1: mm-hmm. take them
2: from birth to even say 10 years old. And you give them a diet consistent and processed, you know, GMOs and all this other stuff, right? The change is hard. You know, when you go from fruit loops to organic o's that's a huge change on the palette yeah. you know when you go from um captain crunch gummy candy pop tarty type things to all the organic versions just making that switch is big you know for us that was the big thing right i bought my kids pop tarts i'll say it out loud right <laughs>
1: um i ate pop tarts when i was right little. <laughs> yeah like
2: who didn't gr- eat a, eat a pop tart growing up and so that was one of the big changes. It was let's buy organic Pop-Tarts, right? Mm. They like soda. I'm buying organic soda, right? That was the real first big shift was let's switch everybody over to just the organic version of all these unhealthy options. Cause we were a very standard American family when we first started the whole health and wellness bit. And then from there it was, did you know there are 26 grams of sugar per serving in an organic Pop-Tart? Right. (laughs) That was what happened next. And then I'm going, I'll just make my own Pop-Tarts, that'll fix it, you know? And and it was just seeing these little things, like it's picking up the organic package and going, they're still putting such and such in this and it says organic, I'm not buying this anymore, right? It's it's those little things where you see these, um, these things and you kind of go, I'm fixing this problem, right? And it's just one item at a time, right, at that point. And over the course of a year, you know, here's something crazy to think about for people who are listening, who might be struggling, throw this challenge out to you change one food a week that's it Mm -hmm. one small change a week at the end of the year that's 52 changes you've made and let's be honest the average household only uses something about 50 packaged products right you kind of have your favorite items you always go back to by the end of the year you've made a huge change in your family's life you're probably eating more produce you're probably eating less you know chemicals and additives and all these other things you're probably naturally just gravitating towards more uh, balanced meals, right? You know, you're speaking about why people might be resistant. Well, I think part of it too is nutrition education, right? A lot Mm -hmm. of people don't realize if you're not feeding your child like a healthy fat with protein, not just carping them up at snack time, but giving them something that's going to time release and, you know, be better for them, your kid's gonna be hungry every 20 minutes and keep crashing, right? And you're gonna be like, this diet isn't working. No, it's not that, it's that we just need more balance. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, You mentioned a little bit about in the beginning when you were going to see doctors. And when you were going to see these doctors, there was one in particular, the chiropractor, I guess, that um, told you, was it you to cut out gluten?
1: Yeah,
2: me personally.
0: Yeah, Yeah, he was working
2: with me specifically
0: okay now what about with the other doctors that you saw what kinds of advice or um future prospects did you see when speaking with them
2: um i just kind of saw a lot of lack of help in this weird sense like mm-hmm. number one a lot of them are very full of themselves oh i've seen so many people i can do this right um but then at the same time they'd be like oh you're the worst person i've ever seen it with this kind of condition right um I've had doctors prescribe medication I was clearly allergic to. I'm like, hey, so I'm allergic to this. And they're like, don't worry, just take it. And I'm like, um, but, and they're like, listen, we have a process we have to go through. And if you don't take this medication to rule out that it could help you, we can't move on to the next step. You have to take this. Fine, take the medication, get gravely ill, get really pissed off and just be like, I'm not going back. They're just like gonna give me more junk, right? Um, and it was kind of a lot of that. It was a lot of hit and miss I think i just kind of ended up at the point where i you know started doing a lot of testing on my own out of pocket because you can do that they won't tell you this up front but you can if you want to if you want to do the research if you want to learn how to interpret tests and all that stuff if you want to do the research and understand what foods can cause this and what can cause that you know i did all that i took the time to educate myself and empower myself and i think i'm better off because of it um what's interesting is I did a lot. I I basically stopped going to doctors and specialists for quite a long time. And then I had read about um, a camera pill, which I think is really cool. And I thought, you know, that could help. And so I found a specialist in the city and went to see them and pretty much laid out everything that I had come to the conclusion of on my own. And they said, here's the thing. I think you've already figured it out on your own. I am not going to tell you to do this expensive procedure because, um, I don't know that it's going to help you based on what you already know you're already doing everything right and um they're like if you want i can give you this other test and we'll give you a discount on it but even then you know i don't know that you really need all this and i was like thank you for your honesty that was really nice um in fact that was the last specialist i ever went to because i mean they they with all their all the initials after their name basically said you already figured it out right just keep doing what you're doing and and that's the thing maybe I think the wisdom in that is knowing when to understand that you made it like maybe there's nothing else to keep digging for maybe you've made it and now you just got to move forward right you know and then of course you get people saying hey i did this one treatment and they cured my food allergies and i'm like cool that's for you i'm not going to go down that road it's not for me no thank you Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. i respect all the different types of east and west options and all the different types of treatments. I think it's really cool and I think when it works for you it's awesome. I know for me I've been so burned by the system that it's like look man I finally got something that works for me. I'm not going to poke the bear. I just want to leave it. Like exactly. Like, I just want to leave it because um you know at one point we had we thought about doing some crazy treatment. I don't recall which one it was and um You know, Carlton was like, Yeah, we could do that, or you could just enjoy what time that you might have left, you know? And that was, that's really what a lot of our decisions became about. It's like, if I do this and it makes me so sick that I can't function, what quality of life is that? Right. Mm -hmm. And so for me, the quality of life just comes from avoiding the foods and embracing what I have and being grateful and moving on. Right. Um, Which is why sometimes I think I don't understand when people are like, my kid's allergic to eggs. We need to make sure that kid can eat eggs. I'm like, you realize there's like a, like 199 other ingredients to choose from, right? Like (laughs) you can do so much without eggs. I know, but they need to be able to eat eggs. I need to do treatment. I need to do this. I need to do that. I need to figure out why they can't have these eggs. And I'm like, okay, but, but you know, there's like all these other things, right? You know, it blows my mind what people are willing to do to get a food back as compared to just avoiding the food and thriving. Like, blows my mind every time
1: because we have such an emotional connection to food right like eggs people think oh my gosh eggs are my life right you'll hear people say that eggs are my life I can't get rid of eggs they're the only breakfast food I've ever had right which you know is
2: why you know they had a pop tart the other day
1: yeah (laughs) right as if their mom never gave them oatmeal at one point yeah yeah but yeah and but you say that you had 30 days to live at one point or you were given that yeah diagnosis tell us about that so that really
2: looking back it boiled down to the inability to drink water um when I would drink water it was like swallowing a pack of razor blades it was awful um so on a good day it was like I had two ounces of water to drink that day mm. um around the same time I had experienced like massive wasting I'd lost something like 30 percent No basically I lost way too much weight, like in a 30 day period, I got really sick. And then um, it just, I lost, like, I was losing a pound a day or more. And, um, and then there was the water problem. And what was interesting is I found a place in Washington state where there's a mountain up there and they literally take the melted snow caps and they bottle it. And I was like, whoa, I bet you I could drink that, right? Because we knew about the corn allergy and we knew about like corn and all this other stuff. But at the time we had, where we had made the connection of corn and tap water, even people in the corn free community who were like, oh, I can have this brand of bottled water. You know, every brand that everybody said they could have failed for me. I tried water from literally almost every country in the world, everything, anything we could import, we did. In fact, we worked with an importer who specializes in water and she was getting us water from everywhere every bottle failed. Okay. Could not drink any of it. And so I find the place in Washington, but it turns out it's a seasonal product. And I had just missed the cutoff for their season. There was no more water. And I was like, oh, that's sad. And, um, by chance on the search results, the next thing down was raw water, which is who I get my water from now. So I call them up Brian, nicest guy you'll ever talk to. Well, I say that about so many people, but he's really nice and um, told him what was going on. he's like, listen, I'm going to send you a bottle in plastic and in glass just in case that's a problem. But as it turns out, they have the only exemption in the the United States to not treat the water. Here's the dirty secret about food. There's so much going on that nobody tells you. There's so much going on. Even if you call them, they won't tell you. There's so much going on that if you don't have a food science degree and you don't know, oh, you have to ask this question and that question, oh, and this other convoluted question, you won't get the answers that you need, right? Brian was super transparent and told me everything. They do not treat the water at all. Even bottled water that says untreated, it's treated. He literally has the only exemption in the country, okay? Sure enough, get his water. It was the first time in so long that I could just take a sip of water and not feel like I'm dying, right? Right? And um, that was really the turning point for the diagnosis, because then I was able to start getting up to like 10 ounces a day, 20 ounces a day. Like it took time, though. It was not an overnight thing because I was at the point where just, you know, you you take on too much and like you feel sick just from taking a few sips at that point. Right. Because your body is like totally in shutdown mode, like we're not doing this anymore. Um, Mm. So it was a process on its own. But yeah, Brian, Summit Spring, raw water cannot vouch for them enough. They are like the coolest of coolests. And um, what's interesting is myself and one other customer, if the flow rate in the spring gets a little bit too low, we start to have mild reactions to the water just from the sediment that gets picked up. But beyond that, it's the only water literally in the world that I've been able to drink without being in pain.
0: Wow. Now, what about in terms of like bathing or hand-washing? Can you use- So, okay, that's an interesting story. That's where
2: um, a traditional water allergy is usually skin, skin based. Mind you, I've had skin issues my whole life. Okay. And I was at the point where before the foods were eliminated and, you know, hindsight's always 2020. I feel like I'm a really cool science experiment hindsight wise going through it. Not cool. But afterwards it's fun to look at the the data and kind of go, Oh, this was connected the whole time. And that was connected the whole time. Like, it's so fascinating. I kid you not. Like, I know that sounds a little bit weird, but it was really fascinating. And so, um, when I would take a shower, I would feel like I was being pelted with needles. It was awful. Like, and I'm not talking like pins and needles. I mean, it feels like someone's like, like literally throwing sharp objects at you. It's awful. Okay. So then I started experimenting. Well, number one, we were like, this has got to be a water allergy, right? At the same time though, drinking the water was a problem too. And so um, that's when that same chiropractor, he actually reached out to his network of people like, Has anybody ever heard of this? Because this is not a traditional water allergy. Um, And no one had ever heard of it. No one had ever heard of someone who had the skin reaction, but also could not drink water. This was like the connection that nobody had seen before. And so then we got a filter for my shower and it got better, but did not improve completely. Then I started experimenting with when I showered and I found that I was in less pain if I showered in the mornings. Now, mind you, I hated showering in the mornings because, you know, you got to get your kids up, get to school, blah, blah, blah do the whole thing, right? I always had time at night when they were in bed. And so by the end of the day, though, if you understand like bucket theory and all that sort of stuff and just what you've been exposed to, by the end of the day, my exposure to everything is already off the charts. You take that shower and it's just, it's the tipping point, right?
1: Mm. Whereas
2: a shower first thing in the morning when your body's had some time to cool off, it's like, this doesn't hurt as much. There's a connection here right and then of course at the same time foods foods are being eliminated etc well now in all my wisdom all these years later what i eat and when i shower has a direct correlation to how painful it is right because if my body is already internally responding to stuff and dealing with stuff that stimulus from that water which already you know is contaminated with stuff that i really should not be touching it just it's the icing on the cake at that point for me right um it's just it's fascinating the whole water connection and it is so how water fun. is processed it's it you know a lot of people um that i've met in this space they they talk to me and they're like you're the canary i'm like mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> i am and nobody's listening to me sing my beautiful song <laughs> right and that's that's the greater issue is that as a society we keep doing these things that like we know we don't have to do there are better ways to treat the water without introducing all of these allergens and other chemicals you know there are other ways we know this you know there are other ways to produce food that you know aren't full of all these things but we're not why most likely greed like profits yeah exactly like it's comes down to money and when we put profit over people like here's the thing i'm all for capitalism i just think we should have better for you capitalism you know exactly and healthier (laughs) (laughs) yeah like like people aren't like something to be abused in I don't know, taken advantage of. And, you know, and sometimes I get frustrated with consumers, but then at the same time, I feel sorry for them because here's the thing. We should be able to walk into a grocery store and trust that what's being presented won't harm us. I think that we should be able to trust that. You know what I mean? It's like, the trust is very much there at a farmer's market. You know, when you go to the farmer's market, they're selling you like produce from the ground. It's dirty, right? It's cool. It's, it's the real thing. We should have that same trust at a grocery store.
1: Yes, and the same trust in all the, the people that we work with on our journeys, right? For our yeah. health, even even with mainstream medicine, I I, I do I can relate to the uh, the being shifted from doctor to doctor and not knowing nobody knowing what's wrong, right? I've had yeah. doctors let me go at times when I was sick, right? <laughs> but you know what's interesting? I I'm so interested in this water allergy that you spoke about because I won't. I wrote a chapter of my story in this book called Simply Woman, and I used to have very painful showers with the water. And I wrote that in the book, and I had no idea that that was related to water allergy, but uh, I don't have it anymore. But that's was part of the fibromyalgia and the pain on the skin. So I just thought that was so fascinating when you said it that. Is. It right? is, you know, I think more than anything... When we dig deeper
2: i like to say there's true water allergy which is a different condition um which is what we were always trying to figure out like do you have a true water allergy we need to figure this out it's so important right um versus the rest of us i think with the rest of us you're dealing with histamine intolerance bucket overload um, undiagnosed food allergy food intolerance all that sort of stuff where you're dealing with the breakdown of the body and the body's inability to just handle stimulus at all and i think when you start rebuilding your body Um, you know, it's like now I can take a shower without turning beet red. I can take a shower without, you know, feeling like a thousand needles are coming at me, you know? And I mean, there were times where it was like, I was on the verge of tears trying to take a shower, right? Like it is not pleasant. People don't get that. Like it's so painful. And so, you know, it's, it it changes you, right? Like it, like, I mean, come on, that's like a basic human thing, taking a shower. When you're like sitting there contemplating, hmm, can I go another day without a shower? Because <laughs> like, I'm not really up for all of that pain right now. Like when that's your thought process, it messes with you over time, you know? And, and that's why I think it's just so important to help people see there is an absolute connection to food and not every reaction is anaphylaxis, right? Mm-hmm, that's mm-hmm. That's one of the greatest lies we've been told is, if you don't have anaphylaxis, it's not a food allergy. Uh, yeah, no, that's not true.
1: <laughs> so so how, how are the kids doing now? Tell us about wh- how right. they're doing.
2: Uh, the oldest, he likes to be an American. He hates living the life he knows that he should. And I totally respect that. I'm like, you do you. I gave you the information. And um, he is living proof that, you know, you can do as much for your child and invest a lot of money in your child. And they still go the American way, right? that's what it is. Um, Our second oldest, he still struggles with a lot of things. And um, I still think there's more going on with food, but he's at an age where I'm like, dude, you have to be the driver on this one. I'm not going to sit here and baby you and do it all for you. right? What were his allergies? So he's wheat, dairy, egg, beef, uh, red meat, bovine material. So okay. he he's got quite a few things going on, but is I this, would not be surprised.
0: Uh, the sugar. Is this the the same? No, one? no. So that's
2: kid three, Mr. Low, no sugar. Um, he is a newly minted adult and well, not newly. It's been a while now, but um, he's finally at a better place. It's kind of funny where, you know, kid one went the way of the Americans. Kid three kind of finally said, I think I get it now. I'm like, you mean to tell me you put me through hell and whined and pissed and moaned for all those years and now you want to say you get it? Like, what? That is so not cool, man. You could have said this years ago and made my life easier, you know? And it, it just, it is what it is. Um, he still likes to pretend though that he can have wheat and gluten and dairy. Like he loves to pretend. And I'm like, you know that stuff's so bad for you. Like he he is so sickly like he he's he's a sickly person in that he eats the wrong foods for long enough you know he can't get out of bed and he doesn't feel well and he's gonna vomit and he's this and he's that and I'm like what have you been eating well I had mac and cheese and I had this and and he'll give me the list of everything and I'm like you see the connection right it's not that bad (laughs) okay you say so you know but again he's an adult right I am very much the type of parent where it's like when you turn 18, I give you the keys, keys to the kingdom. It's yours now. I did my part. Now it's your turn. Mm-hmm. Um, our youngest is, it's a very interesting story because everybody always thought there was nothing wrong with her. And um, it was really, cu- it was cute, funny, funny when she was little because the boys all had special diets and they had to have special food. And she, she says to them one day, you guys are so lucky. I had I wish I had special food like you. And they all said, "No, we wish we could have your food," right? Like as a child, she felt left out. I'm like,
1: <laughs> I left out really.
2: of the allergy world. <laughs> yeah, like she was left out. And it, it's so it's funny to me because that's really how kids view the world, right? And so um but as she got older, we found that If you give her too much sugar, she will flip out and start cursing like a sailor kind of a thing. I mean, like she flips out. Um, And that's even on natural sugars. Like one time she had a package of um, sugar-free gummy bears. And I'm not talking like Hasbro or sugar-free. I'm talking like better for you. I won't won't name drop the brand because I don't want to throw them under the bus. But just know (laughs) it was a very quality sugar-free gummy bear. Wink, wink. Okay. And um, it set her off because she ate it on an empty stomach. She hadn't eaten in a long time. And she just filled up on these sugars, sugar alcohols, and phew, she was gone. Um, and we found that there was a lot of depression, a lot of hormonal issues. And for her, she does really well, like keto-ish, paleo-ish, light dairy, low wheat, very nutritionally dense. Like it's it's a very specific set of foods for her. Is bit.
1: she uh, does she have a thin thinner frame? Um I'd like to think she's average. Yeah.
2: But when we first started um kind of switching things around, she did lose a little bit of weight. Mm-hmm. But she wasn't like obese or anything like that. She's never been mm-hmm. a large child. The only one who ever struggled with weight was kid two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he he had the undiagnosed food allergy for the longest. Mm-hmm. Um the other three have never been never been big.
0: Hmm.
2: yeah actually i take that back kid one gained a lot of weight eating like an american okay yeah <laughs> then we um sent him off to do six months at an orphanage to be like um a missionary helper type person thing he lost a bunch of weight we were like this is great you should go there more often he was and he was just like he was sour the whole time And we were like whatever and then uh, he basically gained it all back because he wants to be an american right and you hmm. can't stop them it's not
1: like they, could, they have a job. They do their own thing. So it is what well, it is. Well, when the pain gets great enough, right? That's when they'll yeah. decide they need to make a change. And, you know, it's funny because when I first
2: lost all the weight, um, you know, a lot of people who knew me where they were like, oh my goodness, what'd you do? Tell me your secrets. I'll, I'll pay you to coach me. Like, help me lose the weight, right? And um, I was convinced for a hot minute that I was going to save the world. I kid you not. And the kids, their grandmother, she was like, you can't help people. And I was like, don't say that. I can help people. And she's like, no, you don't get it. If it doesn't hurt, they're not going to change. And I'm like, no, they're going to change. Right. That's that whole, don't tell me no kind of a mentality. Sure enough, person after person, they just wouldn't listen. I would tell them what to do and they wouldn't do it. And it was like, she was right.
1: <laughs> they won't
2: change. They would it's, not change.
1: They wouldn't. They wouldn't. This is why I left working as a nutritionist and went more into emotional coaching because they don't listen. They really don't. Right. So, but tell us about what you do now. You have the bakery. Where is the bakery? So we have
2: a cottage law bakery, which means in a residential space. Um, Mm -hmm. But we're actually in the process of closing it down just because Mm -hmm. California regulations, like with all the lockdowns and all that stuff um, you know, we've lost most of our customers at this point. Like it's just, it's changed the landscape. And, um, you know, supply chain stuff. And quite frankly, it what people are buying when they come to our bakery is safety, right? Yes. We vouch, we investigate every product and we jump through all the hoops to serve you safely. And some key products, you know, manufacturers are going down, right? So it's getting harder and harder to serve people safely. And for me, I can't have that on my conscience. I cannot stand the idea that I, you know, contributed to someone's illness so I think it's better just to say to take a step back so instead what we're doing is we are kind of digitizing our bakery and we're creating some cool how-to videos and recipes and you can purchase like recipe bundles and get recipes from our bakery and stuff you know for the longest time we didn't share the recipes because I was convinced I was going to go on like um, cupcake wars or something (laughs) and um, now that the show's not really filming anymore I'm like yeah I guess we could sell the recipe or something <laughs> you know yeah. um so we have the bakery but honestly raise is what it's all about you know we did the um cookbook route and our cookbook was groundbreaking in that we had this chart at the beginning of every cookbook and so it listed like major allergens it listed specialty diets like paleo and gaps and AIP and it had a chart where it would just kind of say yes or no if you could have this recipe no one else had ever done it before quite frankly, I don't think anybody's really done it yet. At least not the way it was so, like you could open the book and you could just highlight the recipes that would work for you based on the check marks. It was really cool. So RAISE has what's called the Advanced Recipe Search. And it's basically that on steroids. So with a book, you only have so much space. With RAISE, we have the ability to have over 85 filters at this point. And you can go through, you can put in major allergens. All the majors are there. You can put in so many less commons. You can put in whole families. So if you're like all nightshade or all alliums, that kind of thing. Um, And then you can also put in specialty filters that we've added. So like 30 minutes or less or freezer friendly, budget friendly, that sort of thing. And then you can also choose like a meal type, like breakfast, lunch, dinner, snack. Um, I think there's a couple more. And then a new thing that we've added, because we always had like pizza and pasta. And I realized, you know sometimes you just want a muffin. You don't want to have to filter through everything to get to a muffin. And I actually learned the hard way that sometimes when you search for like muffin recipe, not everything comes up properly. Mm -hmm. So we added these collection buttons. So you can put in all your restrictions and then at the bottom say, show me only muffins. So only the muffins that meet your needs are shown or show me only pizza or only pasta, or only pancakes, right? So we've created these collections where you've got that look, you get it, you absolutely get it. And then um, on top of that, we have a favorite button. So you can basically make your own recipe box collection thing. So I always tell people use it one of two ways or a combo. Uh, Either A, the recipes you actually like, or B, the ones you want to try. So -hmm. that way when you log in, you push this button, and then it brings you to your collection. Um, And so it's I like to say that you know it's, it's literally the most powerful search engine for food, for people with food allergies anywhere on the internet, because there's a couple that are close because they literally list out every single possible ingredient,
0: mm-hmm. and then you
2: just tick some boxes to say what you can have, and it mm-hmm. kicks out recipes. But the fault in that is, number one, it doesn't do special diets, so it doesn't do vegan paleo gaps, AIP, SCD, uh, low histamine, all those things, fructose intolerance. We cover all the specialty diets. That's part of what makes us special. But number two, those functions on, there's only two websites that do it. They don't include substitutions. Mm -hmm. They take you at face value. So we have three statements. We have our allergy status. We say it's free from, friendly to, and that's like diet types. And then I say compatible with. If I know I can get this recipe to work for you, I will still list it as free from for you. So like, let's say you are free from uh, cinnamon, right? That's one of the filtering options. If the recipe doesn't hinge on the cinnamon, right? This is me using, you know, your chef brain and knowing like, how much can I get away with here without over, overly changing the recipe too much? If I know you can leave out the cinnamon, I'll let you leave it out, right? If I think that mm. the cinnamon is a key flavor, I'm not gonna say it's cinnamon free, right? But if I say it's compatible with, that means I either have a solution for you or you can actually leave this ingredient out. It's really not a big deal. Um, you're not going to die or anything. Amazing. So that's what makes it so powerful. It's that we give you the substitutions, right? Like nobody's doing this, like nobody at That's all.
1: incredible. It's and incredible. At the same time, I know why nobody's doing it. Do you know how much work goes into this platform? It's crazy. That is like, crazy. I get it. And, and RAISE is your membership site for our listeners. And RAISE stands for what? Oh,
2: the best part of the story. Okay. Here's what's so funny about Ray's. I got to tell you when we started, cause okay, first and foremost, every time we do anything, Carl's and I, we always sit around and we, we never agree on a name. And so then we don't start. Cause I'm always like, if it doesn't have a name, then we can't buy a website and then I can't start. Right. We need a name first. And so, um, when we first started free and friendly foods, which is the umbrella company for everything and the name of the bakery, I was like, I don't want to do it because we can't say gluten-free bakery. We can't say nut-free bakery. We're going to leave out so many people. And he says to me, tell me everything that the bakery should be. Like if you had to call it the actual name, what would be called? I said, it would be called gluten-free, dairy-free, egg-free, (laughs) soy-free, tree-nut-free, coconut-free, peanut-free, yeast-free. And I listed off all this stuff. And then I said, paleo-friendly, vegan-friendly, and we could technically make you a GAPS thing if you needed it. And he said, okay, free and friendly foods. (laughs)
0: <laughs> and I was like oh, oh that's genius I love
2: it and so that was how free and friendly foods got its name and its start right that's when I finally said we can publish a cookbook because he wanted a cookbook and mm-hmm. I, I, I basically refused to do anything until we had a name um so and what's funny is we have some customers that don't make the connection. Some people think we give out free food, which I think is really funny. Oh. Yeah, uh, which we don't. Oh, they think it's
1: free they and it's free. friendly. Oh, And that's
2: then so um, funny. we actually had a friend in the food manufacturing world and their child has a corn allergy. And they said to their kid one day after getting some bakery stuff from us, you know, I don't get the name. And the kid says, mom, don't you get it? It's free from gluten and this and this. And, they <laughs> yeah. look, and the mom goes, oh, that's genius. <laughs> Why did I realize that's
1: what she had done? And I'm like, you didn't know this the whole time? Yeah, oh, so. Yeah, Frida, I when know When you get it, when you get yeah. it, it's so genius. When you right? get it, it's groundbreaking. <laughs> yeah. Now, Ray's
2: has a similar story. I did not want anyone, and I already feel bad about the allergy chef, right? I feel like when people hear me, they think, oh, well, I'm celiac, she can't help me. Oh, I'm this, she can't help me. No, 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 no. I got your back, don't worry. But um, with Ray's... I didn't want a platform that was only for the gluten-free or celiac disease community. I did not want something that was only for the food allergy community. Because at the end of the day, there's an overlap so big, it's so big you can drive a train through it, but most people just don't see it. And I think the only reason I see it, and that's the silver lining of my diagnosis, is my diagnosis. I've literally walked through all of their shoes you know, because I have such a wide range of symptoms and I mimic all these major and rare diseases, if you tell me you have Job's disease, I'm like, oh, I know what that feels like. And they're like, wait, you do? Like, yeah, I have these 10 symptoms that actually overlap with your disease. We're like besties, right? Like I literally understand you. And so I didn't want anyone left out. That was such a big deal for me. And so once again, Carlton's like, tell me everybody that has to be met by this, right? (laughs) And I'm like, well, Anybody with a food intolerance, anybody with a food allergy, anybody with like, and I'm listing all these things off. So he just started picking out letters and he was getting words and you know, he wasn't quite getting there. And that's when I said, Well, what if we grouped special diets? So paleo gaps, AIP, S C D, et cetera. we'll give that the letter S. And I said, let's just add the word restricted diet, right? Because mm-hmm. I mean everybody's restricted in one way or another. And suddenly you had the word raise. And that's where it all came from. Amazing. So RAISE is for restricted diet. Food allergy is the A. I is for food intolerance. S is for special diet. So paleo gaps, AIP, low histamine, fructose intolerance, all of you people. Uh, nickel allergy, basalma, Peru, everybody, right? And then E is for EOE. So literally I grouped everybody with the one word because I never wanted anybody to be left out.
0: I love it. You, What you've created is a place where people will listen. And the reason they will listen is because all of a sudden you've taken out the uncertainty and the anxiety around change, right? It's absolutely beautiful. Now, oh my gosh, what an incredible conversation this was. How can people find you? How can people connect with you?
2: So our, uh, the website, if you, so if you go to theallergychef.com, that'll take you everywhere. It'll get you to the free and friendly foods website with the books and the bundles and all that stuff. It'll take you to the Ray's website. There's literally links for everything. If you're newly diagnosed, we actually have a free program for the newly diagnosed as well, um, where you get like a webinar and we send you like um, some food info and lots of great things that you just need. Like right now, you literally just got your diagnosis. We have that too. Um, raise is raise.theallergychef.com. You can also go to go raise.net, same place, but I hate .net. Don't tell Carlton I said that. <laughs> uh, that was his idea. And, um, Instagram at the allergy chef. That's the platform we're most active on. We do stories and posts and all that sort of stuff. Um, but yeah.
1: That's, That's amazing. thank you so much for joining us. We could talk for days and hours we and, <laughs> and weeks I, I I'm so passionate and we're 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 all on the same page and we're so excited to bring uh, this information to our listeners and for our listeners for anybody who wants to benefit from your membership program. we actually have a coupon code uh, for the membership and we're gonna put that in the show notes and it is valid for one year. So look for that. And we'll also post it on social media and in our Facebook group. But thank you so much, Kathleen, you have enlightened all of us. You're an inspiration. You are on an incredible mission to making everyone feel safe and nourished, nourished in mind, body and soul because that's what it's about. So thank you. And we appreciate you. And we hope that we can stay in touch because there's so much awesomeness. It'd be criminal not to stay in touch, ladies. Exactly. So thank you so much and have an amazing rest of your day.
2: Thank you so much. And the same to you. It's been such a pleasure. Thank you.
1: Thank you for joining us on the I Am Mom Parenting Journey. If you enjoyed today's episode, please follow us and head on over to iTunes to leave us a review.
0: We invite you to check out the show notes for this episode and click on the link to join our free Facebook community to stay connected and continue the conversation with other like-minded moms.
1: Until next time, stay inspired, take action, and create magic.